0: All right. Well, uh this is our second podcast here. Uh we're coming to you from Calvary Church in Clearwater, Florida. The Free Willy <laughs> podcast.
1: Well, I think we're we're still under uh, negotiation oh, about st- the name. Yeah, oh,
0: okay. Yeah. That, that one felt good. Thank you to everyone that that reached out to me personally with podcast name suggestions.
1: Oh, I'd like your, to hear those at some free, point. <laughs> free Willy we got.
0: Uh, what Willie say next? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's pretty good. Was another one. So thank you, everyone, for all of your help. Uh, yeah, this is our second episode. I am Anthony Russo. I'm here with uh, Doctor Willie Rice, Pastor Willie. Um, and we are this is it. This is our second our second podcast episode. We're gonna talk about our the sermon from this weekend. Uh, but I wanted to touch on one thing briefly prior to that, uh, in regards to the weekend. Actually, okay. While you were teaching, did you hear the airplanes flying over the building? I did not, no. Did we, were we under attack or? There
1: was four giant airplanes. I did not, uh, I don't remember hearing it, no.
0: I was sitting uh, in next to my <laughs> wife and I just, I just, one goes by and you think, well, and then just back to back to back. Do you, you don't hear that stuff you when know, you're I, up there I teaching? I guess I
1: tune it out. Um I occasionally hear it if we have a big thunderstorm, you know, and the rain hits yeah. on our roof. It makes a lot of noise. But no, I guess I miss the airplanes. But it babies screaming or phones going off? I zip it, it out, man. I zone it out. All of it? As much as I can. I zone it out. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> I would be so distracted. I always see yeah. loud sneezes.
1: You, got, you can't have ADD, you know, in your preaching. You got to just zoom, zoom in, focus. Good for you.
0: I would I would struggle. <laughs> I do struggle. I'm just sitting here and this chair is squeaking and I can hardly <laughs> focus on anything other than that. Um, so this last weekend, we continued our Thy Kingdom Come series. The message was called The Crowded Field. Uh, if you ever missed the message, uh, in the description of the podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we're going to put a link to the message that we're referring back to, but we're also going to try to kind of catch you up. So, If you missed the message, you're you're up to speed. But the uh, passage that we read from was Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30, and then additionally uh, verses 36 to 43. As a sidebar there, Matthew 13, 36 to 43, I love those passages where Jesus teaches something, and then after everybody leaves, the disciples... I love what the image really of them. What you really mean like, by that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, teacher, uh, just explain that to me as if I did. I understood it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But let's pretend for, for s- the other guys in the <laughs> back. <Right. laughs> for the yeah. other, you know, I, Pe- maybe it's Peter. I got it. But you know, Andrew back there, <laughs> right, right. he was asking questions. So if you could just talk, I love those passages because that is that's us. That's that's that feels very relatable to me. Um. But I want to get into uh, a point from the message this weekend. Um, the the parable is the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Um, uh, it's such a fascinating passage of scripture. Uh, again, from Matthew 13, and the link to the passage will also be in the description of the podcast. But you have uh, the image of the farmer throwing throwing good seed. The enemy comes in. This is a brief summary, uh, and plants uh, weeds right. in the field. The farmer plants. Weeds and the enemy plants, the farmer plants wheat. Wheat, yep. yeah. The enemy plants weeds. Exactly. And then uh, the the servants ask the question: Should we go through and pull up the weeds? Right. Um, and and the and the the farmer's response: I, it, No, is pretty outright. Mm-hmm. No, you know, because we because we don't want you to potentially mess with the wheat. Uh, and in a quote: Something you said was: Our role in this ple- in this present age is not to judge the world. And not to execute justice on the world, which was such a great, such a great takeaway from that passage, um, because, and I couldn't help but thinking this while you were, were sitting there listening to you, um, that that is just, in many ways, that is the reputation of the American Christian movement: is that this is a this is a people that sit in judgment, this mm-hmm. is a people that are quick to judge, quick to uh, marginalize, quick to disregard, um, and. Uh, and th- and it just was interesting. It was interesting to me that was one of the first things I wanted to talk about is uh you know cuz we feel that. I sent you uh and if you if you not familiar, Taylor Swift uh has a music video out. I'm a, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. Same, oh, yeah. I'm a Swiftie. <laughs> I'm a Swiftie. No two ways around that. And she she has this music video. The song is uh You Need to Calm Down. Right. And the way that Christians are depicted in the music video, oh, yeah. it's a it's a it's a, it doesn't seem like a highly educated group. Their signs are misspelled. Right. They're 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 judgmental. They're angry. They're dressed terrible. They're you dressed know, like, terribly. Like, yeah. And These uh,
1: are poor ignorant dumb people. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and it's and it just is an interesting uh, thing. Now, real quick, before we get into this, I want to clarify because because I do this in my own head as I think through this stuff. This is not. This is no, don't feel bad for us. This is not like a poor poor me. I feel like people don't understand. Me type of perspective, uh, at least for me personally, that's that's not where this comes from. We Christians, evangelicals, have largely been treated pre- treated pretty well, uh, but in this moment in history, it, it is kind of interesting mm-hmm. that that in different forms of media, this is Taylor Swift songs, one of them. There's a couple other things you could point to where uh, it it certainly feels like the evangelical movement is being viewed as one that is judgmental, abrasive, maybe bullying in different ways. So. Uh, I guess my question is how how should we respond to this this yeah. new new season we're in?
1: Well, the first thing that we really need to to talk about is is Taylor Swift leaving country music a couple <laughs> years ago. That that was the real tragedy, and uh, I maybe it was a tragedy. I don't know if it was a tragedy. Um, <laughs> that
0: is the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. The, <laughs> Taylor leaving
1: country. Very good. Um, but to comment on what you're saying. Uh, I, I have two reactions mm-hmm. when um, that, and again, that's just an example we're yeah. pulling out. We're not trying to pick on Taylor, but Never. she's modeling the current uh, elite view of Hollywood and entertainment sure. and so forth. Uh, the first thing is, and I should say, it it obviously is an unfair caricature. Obviously, in 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 its, and you know, you do need to point out that that's not who most evangelicals are when you see evangelicals caricatured the way they are in the video you reference, or in so many other things in popular media, movies, for instance. Uh, I mean, I've been in churches all my life, and the vast majority of people I know, I mean, I, I've never seen some of the caricatures right. that, that you see. However, we could argue that, and and we would be missing a bigger point. Mm-hmm. The bigger point is, that is the way the secular culture is looking at many Christians today. Mm -hmm. And we have to ask, why are they seeing that? And the reality is, as much as we wish it weren't so, there are examples. Um, While we may want to protest and say, no, that's not the way our church is, that's not the way we were raised, we don't treat people that way, we may disagree with people, but we don't yell at them and hold signs, and most of us have been in church... if you have like me, all our life, and we never marched and yelled at people, uh, you know, that we disagree with. So we may want to object to that, but the reality is we ought to ask ourselves, why is the culture looking at the church that way? Yes. And that's that's the point you're making. And the the answer is because if we're not careful, we do see, and that's where the text is so powerful in this story, we do think our role is to pull up the weeds in the culture. Mm-hmm. We think that if we just had enough muscle politically or enough of the right people in the right places, or privately what we're thinking, if they just put me in charge, you know, that's kind of what we're thinking. If I was really in charge, we would get all the weeds out. We would pull it, we would fix all the problems. And what Jesus is saying to us in that story is, in this present age, there is always going to be weeds and they're always going to be wheat, God is at work, but so is the devil and our main role, Anthony, is not to go pulling up the weeds mm. now, I had two uh very important qualifications to that, at least two uh one is that it doesn't mean we shouldn't stand for justice right you know obviously, we are in this world, there are times we do need to stand for justice, we need to speak out about important issues. And throughout history, the church has been at its best at times when it was opposing slavery in the abolitionist movement. Mm. At the same time, by the way, the church was at its worst during that movement in some places. Right. But the abolitionist movement was an evangelical movement, largely. Certainly it was in England. Uh, it, it, we, we speak out about uh, social ills even today. We should. But we need to do it with this understanding— uh, no matter what we do, no matter who we elect, no matter how hard we work, we are living in a world where the wheat and the weeds are always going to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And our primary mission—that's the qualification—our primary mission is not to pull up the weeds. Right. That's our primary—our primary mission is to share the good news of Christ. And um, so th- th- that's, that's the qualification yes, we stand for justice, and and the other, yes, we work to help our churches, you know, be as pure as possible, Mm. but we always understand that our primary mission isn't to pull up the weeds. Our primary mission is to advance the gospel.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, And that was another quote I pulled was, um, I love just directly from what you said on the weekend, our job isn't to clear the field, it's to cast the seed. And so... uh, yeah, exactly that. It, it, it's certainly not a, a pass to stand idle when we see injustice, certainly not an excuse to ignore people in our community being marginalized or oppressed. Um, but I think the question then becomes, what's what, what are some practical ways we can live in these spaces then yeah. Uh, yeah. without yielding or compromising a standard of morality? So we see, I think, you know the 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 caricature of mm-hmm. the Taylor Swift video and others where yeah. where your standard of morality is 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 so is so take such precedence that you don't care about people you're right
1: you're you're denouncing, you're judging, you're yeah. yelling,
0: yeah, and then you see examples of people, especially currently, where it seems like, man, is there any sense of morality in this, or right. is it just all okay or or are we have right. we just given up on saying? That some things are not okay. So, how do we? What are some functional ways we can kind of exist in that space where we're loving people in and through situations without compromising our standard of reality? Well,
1: as in always, it's uh, it's a balance, and it's not just balancing between two extremes. It's understanding that what health looks like. You know, Jesus was said it was full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spoke the truth, but he was full of love. And when you have one without the other you end up even having just a distorted view of what you think you have. For instance, if you say, uh, well, I have the truth, but you, haven't, you don't have any love, your truth actually gets distorted. Mm. So the people, for instance, caricatured in the video, because there are groups that call themselves Christians that go around, and it's usually these issues are all about the sexual revolution. Mm. They're all about the LGBTQ stuff, the sexual revolution stuff. So there are Christians that walk around with signs yelling at people, Mm -hmm. or supposedly they're Christians. I've never met people like that, but there are people like that. And uh, and, uh, when you say, okay, we have the truth, but they don't have any love for people, Mm -hmm. actually their truth gets very, very distorted. You start talking about God hating people, and uh, you're missing the truth of the gospel. On the other hand, if you have love you know, uh, this defined as an affection and a kindness and a mercy toward other people, but you aren't grounded in biblical truth, your love ends up getting distorted, because it's not a loving thing to not tell people the truth. So when grace and truth are coexisting together, I don't even want to say in balance, when they coexist together, Mm -hmm. that's where you have the balance that Christians ought to model. We're full of love, we speak the truth— and, and yet, and, and the other thing I would add to it at the same time is that, that this, this story, this parable brings out, we understand what the truth is. There's a difference in speaking the truth and living the truth, and then trying to demand that someone else live the truth right. that we know. That's not our job. You mm-hmm. can't force someone to want to obey God or even to believe what we believe about God therefore motivating them to want to obey God. You can't force that. And when you try to force it, it doesn't work. Mm. You just end up distorting the truth. So let's be full of grace. Let's be full of truth. Let's govern ourselves first, you know? Yeah. And and then share the message of the gospel with other people and watch how that transforms their lives. Because I've seen it many, many times, where when a person's attitude about Jesus changes, their attitude about a whole bunch of other stuff will change as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you referenced um, a book, "The Gospel Comes with a House Key," mm-hmm. uh, that my wife bought and is By now Rosaria Butterfield. Yep. Yeah, she's and she's reading through it, and I love that. And you've said several times. Um, I think another another thing you mentioned recently was uh, we some of us would be better off to turn off editorial news and have our neighbor over for dinner. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so I think I think that's such a powerful idea. Like to not like you said when you're when you're. When you've got that sign up, you're sort of hiding behind it. You're sort of like keeping that person right. at, at bay by by denouncing or, or or standing on a moral high ground, right. and and it really creates a distance. And that's not what we see here. We see the wheat and the weeds together, and They're, it's and it's not our job to to distinguish. It's a fast. Yeah, we become text. the
1: very thing that when we read the Bible, we know is the wrong thing uh, that Jesus condemned. People who are self righteous, who are angry, mm. who God who pray as if to say, God, thank you that I'm not like those other sinners. And that's condemned by the ministry of Jesus, but we can become that if we get into our corner, we only listen to angry voices. And that's the problem with the news media today. I mean, you can go home in a good mood, turn on the news, and about 30 minutes later, you're just mad at the world because it's just anger, anger, anger. And there's plenty of stuff to be angry over. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Invite your neighbors over for dinner, Listen to their story you might not agree, but I bet you at the end of the night you'd be less angry mm-hmm. you'd be a little more empathetic and you still may not agree with them you may think their worldview is different than my worldview and it it might well be but you would have more empathy yeah. you would have built a relational bridge and who knows through that bridge we begin to reach people we're just not going to yell people into heaven yeah, you right. know what we're not going to yell people to Jesus we're not going to bully people to Jesus you're going to love them. Yeah. And the truth has got to do the work. You share this truth, that is you plant the seed, and it does the work. Mm. And if if it if it doesn't, you at some point you that's where you trust God's sovereignty and you just keep sowing the seed. Mm. Not pulling the
0: weeds. <laughs> right. And uh again, it like Similar to last week's, the mess uh, the the text ends with the harvest. It ends with the harvest of the of the wheat that grows and and is harvested and produces and produces fruit. In this case, wheat yep. is it, not a fruit producing thing, but uh, so that's that's. I love that both are anchored in that hope that this this goes on. You know, God
1: will for every person that's discouraged because the wheat is overshadowed or outnumbered by the weeds. We mm-hmm. said this, honey don't be discouraged. God's going to take care of the wheat and the weeds. He's going to separate it all in due time. Um, So don't be discouraged. Don't be overwhelmed, because there's so many weeds out there, you don't see what God is up to. God is—that's the joy of that parable, or the promise. God is advancing His kingdom, and in the end, His kingdom will prevail. That's right.
0: And also, Taylor Swift, you are welcome at Calvary Church. We would love to see you, Taylor. Stop by and, next uh, time.
1: Uh, You've written some wonderful songs, and, uh, and uh, you're wrong about some things,
0: but we still love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for episode two. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you.